Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. March Madness is here. If you find yourself out watching the game, drinking, don't drive. Take an Uber. Call a taxi. Call your friend. Call your parents. Call somebody. I don't know. Don't get behind the wheel. But if you do, and if you get pulled over, and you find yourself in trouble, there's only one name you need to keep in mind. Marcos Garza. Before you say guilty, say Garza. But he doesn't just do DUI defense. He also does personal injury and criminal defense. If you find yourself needing a lawyer, use the people who support us. Marcos has been with the podcast for well over a year now. He might as well be a uh, founding member of the Ranch Gang. Marcos Garza, GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Let's get to the show. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. All right, welcome into Reed's Ranch, a pre-Colgate edition. Wednesday, it's roughly 8 o'clock. Will Warren, I am in my laundry room, uh, if there's an echo. I'm trying out different places in my house until I get my studio set up. So just bear with me. How are you tonight? I'm doing very well. I've got uh, the first four game pulled up on the TV, trying to uh, remember the last time I've seen either of these teams play, and it's going pretty well. Yeah, I didn't watch a second of any of the first four games last night. I I watched all of Belmont Temple because I was hoping Belmont would win, and they did. Um, But yeah, none of the first four teams this year are very good. I do plan on watching some of the Arizona State St. John's game. Hmm. Will that one be any good or no? Arizona State is okay, but eh, I uh, pro- okay. I guess the best out of the first four teams is Belmont. But even then, I'm not terribly enthused about picking them. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're ta- we're here to talk about Tennessee and Colgate. Any real threat uh, about Tennessee? being in a tight game with Colgate. Whenever I saw Colgate's half-court defensive numbers, you know, that they ranked in the 31st percentile, uh, you know, at half-court defense, and obviously Tennessee's half-court defense or half-court offense is really good. Uh, to me, that spelled blowout. That's how I feel about it. Uh, is there any chance that Tennessee could be in a game late? I mean, sure, there's always a chance, but it, w- it would take something pretty unusual for that to happen. I think it would take a combo of Colgate would have to hit 12, 13, 14 threes, and Tennessee would have to have a poor shooting night on their own end. Uh, this is not a Colgate team that's really going to limit Tennessee's shot volume. Um, they don't rebound the ball all that well. Uh, they, they, got, they, have a decent, they have a decent rebound margin pretty much entirely because they played weak opponents. They, they played a lot of smaller teams. Um, 
I, I, I mean, their strength of schedule is outside the top 250, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they weren't they weren't exactly out there playing even like a Pac-12 schedule. Okay. It would just be surprising because I, I, I already saw a, a couple people have said, you know, oh, does this feel like Winthrop or does this feel like whatever from the past? And it really doesn't. Um, this doesn't even feel like the American game in 2008. Uh, one, Colgate kind of isn't very good offensively outside of hitting threes, which does count. But, you know, if you read uh, Show Me My Basketball Opponent by Will Warren on Reed's Ranch Pod, uh, there's a bit in there where I show Colgate is the best three-point shooting team in the country since February 1st. Before that, they ranked 144th over the first three months. It's just a small sample size. That happens over a month sometimes. And I posted on Twitter under Gyrate Stats the top five teams last year in February three-point shooting all declined by like on average seven to eight percent in March. It's extremely hard to sustain that level of shooting month to month. Yeah, so when I looked at their when I looked at their percentages, they shoot they shoot well from three. They're a good three-point shooting team, but I didn't see enough volume to really scare me. Well, that's fair. I, I mean, they shoot a decent amount of threes to me. It's about 40% of their attempts, but it's not like Auburn where, you know, in the SEC tournament, 60% of Auburn's attempts were from three or, you know, Belmont even. You're you're not really playing a team that's going to, I mean, obviously their path to victory is hitting those 12, 13, 14 threes, but that's probably going to take them 30 plus attempts to get there. And, you know, if if Tennessee's doing that and they're not giving up easy layups at the rim, which I don't think they've done lately, uh, I feel like they're going to be in good shape. It's just, I think the the Colgate thing is a nice story. It's nice that they haven't been in 23 years and they get to go this year. But part of it is just like they got to play the Patriot League tournament at home, all three games. Of course, you're going to shoot well if you're playing at home. Yeah, for sure. I'm not really worried about them. Uh, it, are you worried at all about Tennessee's second round opponent when it comes to, you know, Cincinnati or Iowa? I don't know how far you've already gone, kind of looking at both those teams as you get ready for, you know, the round two. Show me my opponent. Um, have Have you looked at them a lot? Are you afraid of them? Is one matchup a lot worse than the other for Tennessee? I mean, I've looked at both a decent bit uh, just for prep purposes and for bracket filling purposes. Um, I, I'm not crazy about either team. I, I can't recall if I've noted online or not, but Cincinnati is the lowest ranked seven seed on Ken Palm. Uh, that them blowing out Houston on Sunday didn't change that at all. Uh, it's that they're a fine team, but they don't play in a good conference, and there's no real signature win to speak of prior to that Houston game. And to pair with that, they they're not a good shooting team. They do get a lot of shot volume by rebounding those missed shots, but they don't hit the shots in the first place, which seems like an issue. And Iowa has sucked for the last month. They've lost five of seven. I, I would put my concern or you know afraid level at about three out of ten with both of them. Okay, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm okay with the fist fight with Cincinnati. I think Tennessee's built for that. I think their offense would be – I think Tennessee's offense would be too much for Cincinnati to keep up with. And just Iowa, I'm not scared of – you know, I'm not scared of Iowa. 
I, I don't know anything about Iowa, though. I have no clue about their basketball program. Well, they, they're coached by the angriest man in America, first off. But uh, I know he's a maniac, so I am looking forward to I am looking forward to that round one matchup because Mick Cronin is also a psycho. So I'm hoping that uh, the game goes into overtime, maybe three overtimes, and all the players file out so the coaches just have to fight to see who advances. That might be fun. I think that would be pretty entertaining myself. Because that guy's a psycho. Yeah, well, they're they're both nuts. And it, it is it is pretty fun, too, because uh, Cronin, ha- I, if I remember correctly, he's only made one Sweet 16 and he had a great interview last year about like how uh, like the interview was just all about him after they blew that 20 or whatever point lead to Nevada. He was he he answered no questions about the team. It was all about him. I don't remember that. I just remember they lost. Yeah, people forget that they blew a 23 point lead or whatever. Yeah, I had no clue they blew that big lead. Uh, that that temporarily they played before us, right? Or they played us? on that Sunday after us. Uh, okay, never mind. Yeah, that's right. That's why I don't remember because I didn't watch any of it. That's why. Yeah. I remember literally tuning in for the Nevada game-winning basket and watching no other part of the game. Yeah, that makes sense. I completely turned off the tournament. Um, you went zero dark 30 on the 2018 tournament. That's exactly correct. And I'll do it again this year if Tennessee were to get bounced early. Especially, especially their re, you know, especially their region games. I wasn't watching Nevada, Cincinnati because, like, that was a, that was obviously Tennessee's matchup, that was waiting for them. And I wasn't one bit scared of Nevada, and I wasn't one bit scared of Cincinnati. God damn it! I'm mad again <laughs> thinking about it. It's all in the past now. What's your ask? This question on the radio show today. I'll, I'll ask you. What is your biggest concern for Tennessee in this tournament run? Is it uh, three-point shooting? Is it three-point defense? Is it Rick Barnes's, you know, recent last decade of tournaments, really his whole career uh, in the tournaments? What is your biggest area of concern? And you can also pick other hmm. and then tell me what it is. Uh, for me, it's still, you know, it's it's defense. It's not as much perimeter shooting because that is so variant throughout the year. I'm really worried about Tennessee's struggles on the defensive boards. I, I I wasn't quite as put off by Auburn hitting 15 of 43s on Sunday as I was Auburn completely owning the rebound battle. I, I want to say they ended up with double Tennessee's number of offensive rebounds. Actually, they ended up uh, beating Tennessee 13 to five on the offensive boards, and that's an Auburn team without a single player taller than six foot eight in their normal rotation. I, I thought. That- Okiki's not six foot eight. Okiki's not six foot nine. No, he's six foot eight. He looks six foot nine when he has uh, whipping Grant Williams' ass. But I, I mean, to to me, you know, more so than the three pointers, that was the effort that was most shameful. Was the the complete inability to block off an Auburn team from the re, from the boards uh, when you're taller and bigger than them, and especially when at Tennessee own the rebound battle at Auburn. And when you have 90% of the home crowd. Yeah, that too. And Tennessee, for for me to be, you know, to, to really wash away one of the biggest fears, they have to own the, the boards this weekend to start. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens if they play Purdue or, you know, probably Villanova's not a real offensive rebound threat, but Purdue would be. Or, or you know, further down the line, Virginia. 
but to to start, they have to own it this weekend against you know two or three opponents, none of whom outside of Cincinnati really rebound the ball that well. All last year, you kept telling me, "Oh, the Rick Barnes and the tournament things overrated." He always outperforms his seed. He lives up to seed expectation. Blah, 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 blah. Bounced out in the second round. Not really a question. I just want to remind you. (laughs) I got cucked. Sometimes you get cucked, you know? Are you worried about that this year? Because, I mean, he's got, what, four tournament wins since 2009? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's... I'm pretty sure it's four tournament wins since 2009. Yeah, um, I, I've I've never been quite as worried about the whole like a, a great coach in March versus great coach November through February. Generally, they're one in the same. And the thing about seed expectations is, if you just went by that, Tony Bennett would be the worst coach in America, sure, because he's the only coach to lose to a 16 seed. I think we all agree Tony Bennett's at worst one of the three best coaches in college basketball. Well, no, but I think Virginia fans have the same questions about him, though, because it's not just last year getting bounced. I mean, it's every year they underperform. They were a one seed a couple years ago and lost in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. That's fair. I mean, you could say that's more about the system than about the coach, in my opinion. But uh, I'm not as much worried about Barnes because he has gone to a Final Four and an Elite Eight in the past. If this was a team, if this was a Tennessee team that had a coach with nine or ten tournament visits and he hadn't been past the Sweet Sixteen, then I would be more worried about that. Okay. Kind of like Purdue's coach, I would say. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious because the the SEC championship didn't uh, make me feel very good. Well, it didn't make me feel good either, John. Well, I just mean like then all of a sudden I saw the stat that is, is it true, Will Warren, that that Rick Barnes hasn't won a conference championship since 1994, a conference tournament championship. Uh, I wouldn't know, actually. I would need to look that up. But. Um, I'm 95% sure I looked it up. Now, maybe I, when I say I looked it up, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. So maybe the Wikipedia was wrong, but I don't think he's won a conference championship since since 1994 with 1994 with Providence. Yeah, not ideal. He has been a regular season champion four times since, but that's regular season. Regular season, yes, not tournament champion. Hmm. Was it surprise? Is it surprising that only three times at Texas he made it at least to the Elite Eight? It was kind of surprising to me that he was only a one or two seed three times at Texas. I would have thought that would have been higher. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, mildly, I would say Texas is su- surprisingly, if you look at the history, a little bit harder of a job than even I thought. Uh, in the eighties and nineties, they were not exactly winning a ton of games, so. For for Barnes did fine there. Obviously, I think he's already pound for pound accomplishing more at Tennessee. But when you look at that, and you know Texas had Kevin Durant lost in the round of thirty two, got blown out, got blown out in the round of thirty two. Yeah, they got stopped. Texas had that team. They had the team. Was it T.J. Ford and D.J. Augustine were on the same team? No, I'm ninety percent sure it was D.J. Augustine and uh, Kevin Durant. There, there was a team with T.J. Ford, too, though, correct? Well, T.J. Ford was the guy who took him to the Final Four in 2003. Okay, I'm thinking of P.J. Tucker, then. Yeah. Okay. But there, one of those teams had a lot of talent. You know, they made it to the Elite Eight and then got blown out by Memphis. There wasn't a ton of shame in that, but still. 
So, I mean, there's, I, I feel like outside of about five coaches in college basketball, all of them have fans with fair tournament concerns. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just looking. Um, I'm a little worried. Although, you know, when Rick Barnes, he, I, I, like I said, he's been a one or two seed three times, and he made at least the Elite Eight all three times. Like at, when he was the one seed, he made the Final Four, and the two years they were a two seed, they made the Elite Eight like they were supposed to. Hmm. So, I mean, I do take a little bit of comfort in that. He has ten and three. He has ten and three as a one or two seed, which is right at the record you're hoping for. Yes, yeah. I mean, he, like I said, he performed right where he was supposed to in terms of elite eight, elite eight, final four. And I mean, if he, if he performs exactly to the seed line expectations this year, then Tennessee is going to the second elite eight in school history. Is it fair to say that if Grant Williams takes Tennessee to at least the elite eight? Uh, he is the greatest Tennessee basketball player since Bernard King. Sure, why not? Or is that or is that an overstatement? I don't feel like it is because Grant. I think we all know if Grant decided to come back for his senior year, which I'm not sure he will or should, uh, he would be the three-time SEC Player of the Year, barring some sort of Carl uh, Anthony Towns figure coming into college that I don't know about. Uh, I mean, he's he would clearly be the best returning player in the conference. So, I mean, at the and you have to obviously have to adjust for back then. You know, players played all four years if they went to college. So, or at least generally they did. Um, I I would say at, at worst he would be one of the top two players since uh, King, right alongside you know like Allen Houston or somebody, but. I would say, in my opinion, he's he would be the best. Yeah, I mean, Dell Ellis was a beast as well. But, yeah, Grant has – you know, Grant obviously would take Tennessee further than both of those guys did and, you know, further than anybody has. So, I mean, that he's got a chance to submit himself as, you know, the greatest player at Tennessee in the last 40 years. I think if you're if you're if you're Grant and Admiral, you have to be able to at least say you did as well as J.P. Prince and the boys did. Yeah, that would be the that would be the hope. Let's speaking of which, let's get to the let's get to some patron questions on the Discord. Shout out to the patrons, patreon.com slash reads ranch. You are going to want to read Will Warren's previews the further we go in this tournament. Colgate, you can live without reading that one, but you're gonna to want to see the Iowa or you know, the Iowa or Cincinnati. No, you can't I've I put thirty four hundred words in there. You can't live without reading it. You can live without the Colgate, Will. We're gonna we're gonna kill Colgate. It's fine. You can live without that one, but you're gonna want to see the rest of them. That's you're gonna true. really want to see the rest of them. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. You also get access to the Discord, which has been really fun during the day to help pass the work day while also being really fun during games. We will have, you know, game threads up every game. We will have constant conversation about all the March Madness games. If you want access to that, patreon.com slash reads ranch. Chase Clark on the Discord asks, how would a loss to Colgate change your perception of how great the A.D. Grant era is? It wouldn't. That's still pretty great regardless. I mean, part of this is just because I truly do not think Tennessee has more than about a 5% chance of losing this game. But part of it is also also 34 games outweigh one to me. Uh, it, It would suck, of course, but that doesn't erase all the great things they would have done. Is it 
is it fair to say one game? Or could you point to SEC Championship against Kentucky, SEC Championship against Auburn, um, round of 32 against Loyola? I mean, you could point to that. Because there's a, because there's a little... There's a little bit of a pattern here that I'm worried about. I mean, when you look at Loyola, you look at Kentucky last year, you look at Auburn this year, a little bit of a pattern I'm worried about. Admiral, I don't want to say completely no-showed the Auburn game, but he kind of completely no-showed the Auburn game. I I mean, I I guess it it would affect it a little bit and me more being disappointed that they didn't do anything with this team uh, then, you know, reflecting on the individuals poorly. Um, I mean, re- really, to me, the arrow would be tainted. Because, I mean, like, like I said, Admiral no-showed the SEC championship. I don't know if you remember their stat lines against Loyola, but neither one of those guys were awesome. Like, Admiral and Grant scored 14 and 12. They each grabbed three rebounds. You know, Grant had 12 points, three rebounds, four assists. Uh, Admiral had 14 points, three rebounds, no assists. Like, those are average games. They're fine. They're solid. But against a team like Loyola Chicago, I would have hoped one of those guys would have dominated. Now, obviously, they've both gotten a lot better between then and now. But still, um, a loss to Colgate would really change the way I looked at these guys. And quite frankly, a loss in the second round. Would not be as drastic as Colgate, but that would, um... I was going to say, to to be honest, I would be, this is a strange way of logic, but I'd be more offended if they blew it in the round of 32 than if they had a random, just a -a once-in-a-lifetime bad game. If you blow it to Cincinnati, then I do think I am pretty offended by that. Well, that doesn't really make sense to me. Can you explain? I I mean, Colgate would be awful, obviously, and it would taint it somewhat, but... I mean, losing with the Sweet 16 on the line, which historically is not a place Tennessee's been too often, to a not that great Cincinnati team, that would that would be a big a big game issue. Okay, I see what you're saying. Just kind of like an upset versus a big game, but I would say that the Loyola kind of would go into the upset thing too, and it's almost worse to just lose. Well, it's almost worse just to lose a game you're supposed to win. Than it is to lose a you know a, a coin flip big game, so I would, I, I'm still more offended if they lose to Colgate than Cincinnati. Well, I mean, yeah, straight. It is a worse loss and more damaging to the legacy. Either way, I, I mean, I would see anyone saying like they they would be upset if this team could not get past the Sweet Sixteen. Sure, it would be pretty. It would be pretty damning for their legacy. It would really taint the way I looked at them. I would look at them as great regular season players, and I would be questioning what they could do in the postseason, despite what they did to Kentucky. They couldn't win quote the big one. Okay, I'll hear it out. There's no hearing it out. That's all I got to say about it. You've already heard it out. <laughs> You've already heard it. There's no hearing. I, I'm, I'm done with that topic because it's making me mad thinking about it. And really, I think that you're trying to be, you're being too rational about it. That's my job. That's my job on this show. What one game doesn't outweigh 31? Listen to you. Give me that next question. 
What an answer that is. If they lose to if they lose to Colgate, that's gonna that's gonna really uh, be tough to swallow. You can't lose to toothpaste. You're not supposed to swallow toothpaste either. That's true. Also tough to swallow. Uh, patron Halen Wall- Hayden Wallen asked, "Does this Colgate game have the potential to have the same scare factor as Winthrop versus Lofton?" No. I, I, sure, uh, under under a set, like it would have to be a scenario where Colgate hits fourteen plus threes, as I've mentioned. Winthrop that year was a legitimately really good team. They were they they entered the tournament. Uh, this is a nerd thing, but they entered the tournament in the top eighty in Ken Palm, which is I I think the second highest a fifteen seed has ever rated. Tennessee ran into just a really good fifteen seed. Not let's not forget, coached by Greg Marshall. Uh, I'm sure Colgate's coach is fine, but I don't think he's Greg Marshall. I, I would be very, very surprised if this came anywhere close to that. Do you have any final thoughts on Colgate? I don't really have much interest in breaking them down, unless you have some some stats that you've put together that you really want people to look for. Uh, no, not really. Just read the preview if you have time. Well, not everyone's a patron that listens to the podcast. <laughs> Give a couple of uh, tidbits. Um, Tease them. Yeah, here's a teaser. Well, I mentioned that they've shot, they've been the best three point shooting team in the nation for the last month and a half. The first three months of the year, they only ranked 144th. I, I would believe the truth lies somewhere in between, if not more towards the, the three month sample than the one month sample. So uh, I don't worry quite as much about the three point shooting as maybe some would think I should, but I, I, it's hard to trust such a small sample. And Colgate, speaking of small samples, didn't play well against good teams this year, right? Right. So they played three top 100 Ken Palm teams, lost all three. They've actually lost 21 straight to top 100 teams in Ken Palm, dating back to 2013. Uh, the Their big guy, uh, Rapalus Ivanowskis, fun fact, I had to go to Colgate's site to figure out how to pronounce it. Uh, he's a six foot ten dude that shoots threes, but in those three games... Shot under, he shot at 40% from the field, had one offensive rebound, and committed 13 fouls. So, uh, I want uh, to me, when the going gets tough, the players don't stay tough. Okay. What do you think about Tennessee's draw overall? I kind of, I was a little bit alarmed at first um, based on the numbers I was getting from Ken Palm, but the more I looked at it, the more I was comfortable with it. You know, as I mentioned, uh, Cincinnati, the easiest seven seed in the field. Iowa has sucked for the last month. I think part of it is Colgate is the best 15 seed in the field. Um, they and Montana are pretty far away from the rest of the pack. Um, so I feel like one of those two will give somebody a challenge more. I expect Montana to be the challenger. Um, and part part of it is Tennessee did draw a season-long tough three seed in Purdue but Purdue has not been very good the last month because Carson Edwards has a back injury that no one knows how severe it is. So yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty shocking revelation. It's really weird that no one reported on that for the last month until Greg Doyle did, and it was just it was like in passing in one of his newspaper articles. Has his play fallen off? Yeah, he has been awful for the last six weeks. Like he, I. The stats are over the last 11 games, he's shooting 32% from the field. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. 22% from three. So he's clearly not the same player he was the first three months. To me, that's more than like a sample size slump. That's like something is really wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eight games is a is, is a large enough thing not to, uh, 
you can't just brush that off. You have to pay attention to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, early thoughts if Tennessee were to match up with Virginia. I like the matchup pretty good on Tennessee's end, actually. Uh, Virginia has shown to struggle with teams that are really good at offensive rebounding and crashing uh, the rim. Tennessee does that very well. Uh, I will say Tennessee cannot get away with all of the mid-range twos they take in a game against Virginia. Virginia's defense is really good away from the rim and on the perimeter. Tennessee would have to attack and attack hard. They'd have to get fouls on the big guys. Um, and the the commonality in Virginia's three losses has been a poor day from outside. Uh, they shot, I think, two of 17 from three against Florida State, shot uh, five of 24 against Duke in the first loss. Um to, to me, because this Virginia team is more reliant on threes than any to come before it by far, and because they're so good at shooting them, when they have an off night, that makes it that much harder for them to make up points if they're behind. And you saw that against Florida State. You've seen it in both Duke games. Tennessee's perimeter defense would have to be at its absolute best level to win that game. Yeah, that's a little nerve-wracking. It, it is, but it's a more winnable game than you would expect at first. I feel like Tennessee at 18 to 1 is pretty good value. What is that to win the title or to make the No, 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 win the title. Win okay. The title. Yeah, I think so too because I mean they meet the metrics of the teams that have won it. Yeah, outside of a conference championship, right? Right. And you know, teams have done the I mean, teams have won the title without uh, winning the conference tournament or a regular season tournament. I believe North Carolina did in 2017. I'm pumped. Um, I've uh, I've been trying to get through this week, but I do love the tournament. Uh, I'm pumped to see if Tennessee can make a deep run. I'll be pretty disappointed uh, if they were to lose because, like you said earlier, I, I'm not convinced Grant's coming back to school, nor should he. So this is kind of the last rod, at least with Grant and Admiral together. I hope that they can at least not embarrass themselves. I hope that we at least don't have to talk about them choking. I hope if they are to lose, it is. If they, if, they, if they are to lose before the Final Four, I hope it's to Virginia in a really good Elite Eight game. Obviously, I want to win that game. I want to win all of them, but I hope that they at least show where they're supposed to. Yeah, I think anything less in the Elite Eight is a true disappointment, given the talent on this team. Now, obviously, we want the Final Four. This team deserves to do something never done before, but uh, I guess they already have by being ranked number one for multiple weeks. But still... Um, I'm pumped for this run. I hope that they don't lay an egg. I hope that they kind of use the fuel from last year's fire. Jordan Bone's been saying a lot of the right things about how much it hurt, to, how he kept that picture of the Loyola shot on his background of his phone for the entire offseason to remind him to get up and go work out, that type of thing. So they're saying the right things. I hope that we run a piece. You know, we get some pieces ran before the Virginia-Tennessee game about how both both teams suffering an early, early exit the year before helped fuel them to, uh, you know, great years. I agree. That would be pretty fun. And uh, out of all of the opponents of the top half of the bracket, Virginia is clearly the best. Like that would, that's the best possible Elite Eight game. All right, got uh, got about fifty something people in the Reed's Ranch Pod twenty dollar bracket challenge. If you want in, just shoot me a DM. Uh, the Discord has it under bracket pool under the section on the left that says bracket pool. The the link should be good in there. So that's the best way, especially if you're a patron, just to find us. But we'll. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? It's a quick 30 minutes. It's a little bit of a preview. We'll talk again next week before the uh, Sweet 16 games. But 
Any predictions you want to get on wax before we go? Uh, hammer that I don't know what the spread is. It's probably changed since Kansas State's Dean Wade is out. You see Irvine straight up to beat Kansas State. You see Irvine straight up to beat Kansas State. Yeah, that's going to be a popular one. You, you do love to see it. It will be really funny watching Bruce Weber lose again. Uh, I guess predictions for our game specifically. I like Tennessee by 19. Uh, Colgate could keep it close in the second half or could not, but either way, Tennessee's going to pull away at the end. Uh, and Tennessee to beat either Cincinnati or Iowa by eight. Kansas State is currently favored by five. Oh, God, hammer UC Irvine. UC Irvine is plus 175 on the money line. I, I also like uh, St. Mary's over Villanova. Um, yeah. Well, don't give away everybody. Don't give away all the picks. Those are those are just two. The, those are you know the round of sixty four games count for one point each. I'm not revealing my champion. Talk me out of uh, taking Nevada. Uh, I can't. It's my it's Mike White. How could I talk you out of betting against Mike White? Yeah, I'm surprised that um, that's only a uh, two point spread. I think that is um, a little strange. I think Nevada, Nevada, excuse me, is going to uh, make a a nice little run. Especially, I think they're going to beat Florida. So you can't talk me out of that one. I I would say like Florida probably in theory is the better team, but the, they're so unreliable game to game. I mean, it was it was a miracle they beat LSU in the SEC tournament. Yeah. All right, well, Warren, appreciate the time once you finally got the uh, the internet situation figured out. <laughs> we, can't do, we can't do one of these podcasts without me having some sort of computer issue. I know, it's all good. I love you, brother. We will talk soon. Um, subscribe to the work, patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. It's worth it. Will, have a good night, my friend. You too. See ya.